Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Hello, Edit Your Life friends. I am just so delighted to introduce you to the wonderful, inimitable Heather Greenwood Davis. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I thought I'd try for a sort of dramatic entry because, <laughs> that because yeah, it's summer and we both remember to show up and that's like kind of major in the middle Seriously. of all the chaos that's going on, Yeah, uh, real. which is quite appropriate for today's episode. So um, I'm really excited to talk to you today uh, for many reasons. We're going to be talking about raising kids amidst chaos, of yeah. which everything is chaotic right now. And I just want to start actually by having you tell a little bit about yourself to people because you have a really cool pivot backstory. Um, and I will say just personally, I believe like many people, I met probably met you at Mom Two at one of the yeah. Mom Two Summit meetings, and you're just delightful. And so I'm <laughs> selfishly super super excited to have an opportunity to talk to you because you know we've we see each other and we talk for yeah. a few minutes, but we haven't had a chance to like really dig in. So this is a no, treat, true. a real treat for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I have such a weird, long convoluted story, but the short, short of it is um, I did a journalism degree. I worked at a newspaper for a little while and then made a pivot and um, on a bit of a dare uh, ended up at law school. Um, and then as life does, suddenly I was on this other path. And so I practiced law for about seven years. Um, but within a few years of starting that, I realized that, you know, that wasn't for me and I couldn't really see, um, a lifetime of law. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I pivoted back. And so I started doing journalism, specifically travel writing. Um, and I had two very young kids at that point. So it quickly became a lot of family travel as well as travel that was just selfishly interesting to me. Um, and so I've done that for a while. So I've been a columnist, a freelance writer. I do some TV shows here in Canada where I'm based in Toronto. Um, and I am a contributing editor with National Geographic. Uh, I do some on-air stuff with National Geographic. So really a, a ton of different things, but usually all centered around parenting and travel. 
I love it. You know, National Geographic, that, that small, <laughs> small, small, small property. <laughs> I know. Believe me, it's as thrilling for me as it is for anyone else. It's, it's so it's fabulous. Really cool. And, you know, I think I've mentioned it on this show before, but I think that when I just personally need, um, actually, it's very fitting for thinking about living amongst mm. chaos and trying to find sort of, I don't know, moments of, of um, not chaos or mm-hmm. calm and beauty. I actually go to to the Nat Geo Instagram feed because their photography is just breathtaking. Yeah, it is outstanding. Like I am not a Nat Geo photographer. And there's been a few times where they've taken a photo, you know, some snapshot I've used and included it with a story or something. And it's always horrifying because (laughs) um, their photographers are just and and they're amazing people when you get to I've had the the pleasure of meeting a few of them and um, they're just so good at what they do. So, yeah, I'm with you. That that is probably one of my favorite Instagram channels. It's Instagram Mm -hmm. therapy. Oh, that's really cool. I have to now like keep an eye on their feet a little closer, knowing that some of your content gets in there. That's pretty cool. I don't think it's ever made it to the feed, but it's been included in some of the magazine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen, when I originally reached out to you, which was like a month ago, which now really feels like (laughs) six months ago, um, I was, you know, thinking, oh, okay. Um, just life seemed a little, I'm using air quotes, simpler since we were only dealing with a global pandemic. <laughs> um, but then in the intervening weeks, wow, like things have yeah. just been extraordinarily difficult. Um, so I'm really grateful that we're coming together to talk today about raising kids amongst chaos because I know I just feel like everybody is exhausted on so yeah. many levels. Are you exhausted? Please say oh, it's not just me. So, so exhausted. <laughs> So exhausted and both, I mean, just everything happening right now um, has done that for sure. Yeah, yeah. People often talk about the impact of things like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrition on skin. But did you know those things impact your hair too? If you've been dealing with hair thinning, you are not alone. And Nutrafol is here to help. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use promo code EDIT. That's Nutrafol.com using promo code EDIT. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted. And after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. 
A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. All right. Well, I want to start with kind of a little bit of a grounding moment here. Yeah. And actually, the reason I reached out to you um, a month or so ago was that mm-hmm. there was this Instagram post that was the catalyst for me. And I will share the link in the show notes so that people can see it. But you had this message. It was about homeschooling, which kind of everybody was freaking out about and right. just so grumpy about. <laughs> and you said, this part is a quote, you don't have to be perfect on this and especially not in this moment. And boy, oh boy, did that resound with people. Can you tell us a little bit more? I just alluded to it, but a little yeah. bit more about the context for this post and why that perspective is so real for you. Yeah, I think part of it is is what you hit on is that um, we're all exhausted, right? And so when the pandemic started, I think the first mode for everyone was sort of panic. And then mm-hmm. we settled into, you know, my turn for air quotes, but this new way of living, you know, this new normal, as people keep saying. Um, and we imagined ourselves, I think, to be better people than we actually are. So, you know, we were all going <laughs> well to be, put. Yeah, we're going to be gourmet bakers and we're going to be handy people. And I know I definitely... Um, had those thoughts. And, you know, I have a long list of things that I was going to do once I had the time. And then suddenly I had the time. And so I was going to get them all done and I was going to do them perfectly. And I think, you know, you know, once we realized that it wasn't going to be a two week situation mm-hmm. um, and that we were going to also have to maintain some level of sanity for all the months that were to come, um, you know, it just made it possible to think about things a little differently. And I know for myself, I was like, okay, so suddenly it's not so much that there's a light at the end of the tunnel as it really might be an oncoming train if I don't step off and start to think about how um, how I'm going to handle this time. And so with kids, I think a lot of us were like, okay, they're out of school and it's now our responsibility. And so now we are going to teach them better than their teachers ever have. And it's going to be our full-time occupation, despite the fact that, you know, those of us who were lucky enough to still have full-time occupations had those. And I was just watching this sort of swirling mess of, um, you know, angst and confusion and frustration as parents who have never been in a position to teach their kids in this way suddenly had to. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't feel it for myself. And I think it dawned on me that the reason I didn't feel it for myself was that I had taken my kids out of school for a year between 2011 and 2012. We traveled the world for a year. I was a freelancer at the time. um, And my husband was on a prepaid sabbatical and yada, yada. But we got out for a year and it was so freeing for all Mm -hmm. of us. But my message to parents was, you know, we came back. My kids went into the next grade. Nobody was held back. Sure, there were little bumps along the road, but they were fine. And so I think so often when we're parenting, I can speak for myself that I know when they were little, I was so keen on, you know, I have to do it all right now because, you know, who knows what will happen if I make any kind of mistake along the way. Mm -hmm. And so as somebody who is, you know, my kids are now um, one turns 18 next week, um, the other one's 16 in October. So I feel like I'm approaching the other end of it. 
And I thought um, it might be helpful for parents to know that you can you can mess up, you can make different choices, you can miss a year of school, and your kids can still be okay. That's yeah, it's such a breath of fresh air, and you know, and I should just say your your kids are thriving. They're not just they didn't just like slog through it and get to the other side. You know, they are truly thriving, and I'm sure that I mean it. Just um, it kind of makes my heart like feel so happy just thinking about all of that life experience. I mean, Asha, yeah. um, who, you know, is she's yeah. also very, very committed to, you know, travel as, as a way mm-hmm. of teaching kids things. And so mm-hmm. I just think that is so wonderful. Yeah. I think, you know, normally I, I try to be more humble, but I am so proud of these kids Yeah, because, um, and I do think that that year away Yes, it's the travel in the sense that we went really far and it sounds really exotic, but I don't even think it's necessarily how far we went as much as the fact that we relieved them of some of the stress mm-hmm. of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were in grade one and grade three where they'd completed those when we left. So they mm-hmm. were really little. And even at that age, I watched their shoulders relax when we left school. Mm-hmm. I watched they weren't, you know, working towards a bell um, we weren't homeschooling, so they weren't sort of faced with the same pressures as they were away. And I actually think those moments to relax and sort of step down from the rigors of school are what helped them quite a bit. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, they don't realize it yet. But as they, um, you know, as this time off because of COVID um, and out of school because of it, um you know, winds up and eventually these kids are going back to school, they may actually find that some of them needed that time. And Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, there may be a bit of a blessing in some of this. I think so. I mean, you know, certainly it's just funny how it is recalibrated everything. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm a little nervous to see how things shake out in the fall, just because, I mean, I think I shared this anecdote um, on my last episode with Megan Francis, but I had a a day here, like a weekend where I was making some plans and trying to figure some stuff out. And I actually said, said out loud, "Mm, I don't think I can do two errands in one day. That's just like, (laughs) which is the opposite of the usual runaround. You know, we're, we're, we're like one activity a season type of a type of family, but still there's like a lot of running around. And so like my (laughs) level of tolerance for running around is now just totally in the toilet. Yeah. Same, same. Because I think I was explaining to someone yesterday as well that I feel like, you know, I was running at warp speed before. And so I'm only down to like regular speed now. Yeah. And um, already I'm I'm dreading because I'm thinking, you know, a few more weeks like this and I may settle into some sort of <laughs> really easygoing pace that I won't be able to ever, you know, recover from. Yeah. I, I yeah. Well, I mean, so many, so many, uh, so many thoughts. And actually, you know, I do <laughs> want to touch on next I. I'm curious to hear what has been one of the hardest things um, raising kids. I mean, the first sort of point of chaos we're talking about here is mm-hmm. the pandemic. I'm curious about what that's looked like for you. I think for us, it's definitely been the social element and my kids really missing their friends. They are, um, yeah. they've just finished third and 10th grade and friends are super important to them. Yeah. Um, and I would say that now, like as things start to open up, like people not wearing masks is just so super stressful for me. <laughs> just right. Like, I can't. Yeah. I Also for us, I mean, we're lucky in that we're in a bit of a suburb and we made some decisions as a family early on that have really helped. So we talk a lot about sort of what our rules are going to be and, you know, who's in our bubble and who isn't and all of those kinds of things and that we are a mask wearing family. And 
um, all of that. And because the kids had a part in sort of deciding what those rules are, I find they're pretty good at sticking to them. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So so that hasn't been so hard. But like you, it's been the social connection for them that I think has been the hardest for me. Um, you know, they seem to be managing it okay, but, you know, I think it's because we know exactly what they're missing. Yeah. So for my oldest who um, graduated this year, of course, there was no graduation ceremony. Yes. Uh, there was no prom. Um, and just none of that final year of high school saying goodbye to your friends and hanging out and, you know, getting excited about the fall because we don't know what the fall looks like. He'll go away to university or he'll attend university, mm-hmm. um, but likely won't uh, actually move to the university um, until maybe January because we're, we're sort of watching, keeping our eye on, on what things look like. So, yeah, I, I feel for them, the hardest thing for me has been watching them not have those things that we all sort of took for granted. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I took for granted for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were here, we were planning a massive uh, street party and barbecue around. Um, we grew up, they grew up in this neighborhood from they were very little and we all know the neighbors. And so we were planning this big sort of like, 18th birthday slash graduation party mm-hmm. and it was going to be great and now it's like you know maybe you can get 10 people together <laughs> i know like, womp, not womp. quite the same <laughs> yeah yeah so i i do feel that for them but we've been lucky like again i think it is we spent a lot of time together during that year mm. just the four of us and i found that we've really sort of reverted to a lot of the things that we did during that time so it's oh, so interesting. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Yeah. You almost like trained your, you, you were doing the training for it like way back yeah. when, when you didn't know you needed to. Exactly. I yeah. also just want to like underline a couple of times. Cause I think it's so great. The thing you yeah. just said about, um, you know, giving your kids agency in that process of deciding what the family rules are, because mm-hmm. I think that is, um, I think that's huge because, kids are feeling right now, all of us are feeling like so many, so many things have been stripped away that to give them a little like choice in the process and just a voice in the process, I think is really helpful. So high fives. That's really, really great. Yeah. I think it's so important for them on, on so many different levels, but especially in something where it feels so out of your control. Yeah. You know, if they can have a voice in those rules and, and what it looks like for us as a family and understand that we're all going through it together, Mm -hmm. um, along those rules, I think that, that's really made them feel better about it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really great. Well, let's, um, let's talk about, um, sort of the positive side. I actually recently, or what we're doing to stay positive. Cause I think yeah. that's part of the journey of helping kids get through this really challenging time. I actually recently wrote a blog post about this and a newsletter essay, but I've been really like, I call it, you know, this summer for me is about replacing crankiness with creativity because <laughs> I have just been so dang cranky. And I know that I've really been thinking like our nervous systems cannot keep like at this stage of, you know, sadness and panic and rage. Like it just, we can't mm-hmm. do it. Like it's, we're not going to survive if we, if we don't do something about that. So I've actually been doing a virtual watercolor class and, and doing like reading a novel out loud with my younger daughter, which has been delightful. And it's incredible to me how those really simple things have filled our tanks. So what have you guys been doing? Because, you know, travel, (laughs) which is your usual outlet is not really available to you right now. Yeah, this, it's actually quite strange in some ways, because by the time, as my kids have got older, um, 
I've increased the amount of time that I travel because, of course, when they were smaller, they were really hands on. We needed all hands on deck a lot more. Um, now I can either some of the times they're coming with me or what have you. So I've been gone like I at times 10 to 12 days out of a month where I'm wow. not in the house physically present. So I think it's probably been quite the change for them. I'm sure they're like, wait, wait you're here. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> like here, you're, mom? You're still here. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and they really do relish. I have two boys. So um, my husband and them sort of, I know that they um, revert to sort of caveman status as soon as I uh, vacate for a few days. Okay, and- yeah, you're not like letting them have their like, you know, <laughs> yeah, sloth <they're>, party. <laughs> no, not at all. Like pants have stayed on. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been it's been tough for them. But um, what's been great, I guess, in terms of what we've been doing, we've been playing a lot of Scrabble. Mm, um, good. So we are a pretty competitive game playing family. And so suddenly instead of, you know, sort of Friday night game night, it's like it's it's almost every night. <laughs> um game night um we were watching lost do you remember lost? oh yeah 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 so we are we are instead of whereas usually you know i'd peel off and watch a show or maybe my husband and i were watching something separate from them we sort of decided that we were going to take on a big show together um so we've been doing that as well and you know we're definitely we're cooking more and we're we're doing all of that stuff but i think also really important in there is that um, I'm taking time for me as well, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes we forget to do in the midst of something like this. Like we're so engaged in keeping the kids okay. And um, I'm used to being away for 10 to 12 days a month. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult sometimes to, you know, keep it all going. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking some time as well, but, but we're definitely doing a lot together. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's, um, it's kind of a moving target. You know, I actually got up, I've been a little bit cranky this week. And so I got up today and I said, said out loud to my family, I'm like, today is going to be great. I'm going to be <laughs> awesome and cheerful. <laughs> like, You know, it's hard. I just, I think yeah. it's, it's going to be continual work. Like we are so far from things being over. So I think, yes. And your point, I mean, my husband was basically like, you need to take some time outside of the house away from all of us. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. And then you're, you saying that out loud about how much you are away. I'm not on the road as much as you are, but I am mm-hmm. usually on the road quite a bit. So this is also drastic for me. And I think I haven't really let that sink in fully. So mm-hmm. I'm going to follow your lead, girl. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for that. We, as mothers, especially, I think we do that so often in so many ways, that whole sort of like forgetting to put your own oxygen mask on I know. Um, situation. And, and it makes such a huge difference, right? Yeah, it surely does. All right. Well, Heather, we have a lot more I want to cover, and we will do that after a quick break. As you know, I am all about micro-improvements, and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited-time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. 
This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com slash edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Okay, friends, we are back with Heather Greenwood Davis, and we're talking about raising kids amidst chaos, subtitle like dumpster fire 2020. I don't know. <laughs> it has Feels been, like it. it has been a lot. 2020 has been extra. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so on the front end of the episode, we were talking, you know, we were very focused on the pandemic. Obviously mm-hmm. we've all been sort of slogging through this for, oh my gosh, it's now four months, I think. Um, wow. Wow. It really is now four months. Um. But obviously other stuff has happened. So I would yeah. love to talk to you about Black Lives Matter. Um, yeah. I mean, man, like the protests around George Floyd, I will say that sort of from an Internet perspective and um, something about that particular atrocious event, it kind of broke mm-hmm. me like it just broke everything <laughs> apart. Yeah. And I think it, um, you know, it's it's. That's hard, obviously, but it's also led to a lot of conversations with my kids, um, you know, and the one of the heartening things has been seeing people finally get out, of, get in the game. You know, right. Asha said in one of our episodes, I loved this quote, she said, there are no more sidelines anymore, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious. I know that you have a very active, you know, your activism <laughs> is at the heart of your family, too. So, how have you been handling things um, with your family? And I wonder if there are any differences from how it looks, you know, from your lens in Toronto or yeah. or no. Yeah, well, I mean, as is true, I think with a lot of families, it's been such a mix of emotions, you know, um, anger and sadness and frustration and confusion. And, um, you know, what are we supposed to do with all of this? And, you know, racism isn't new to us, obviously, even obviously. here in Canada. Um And so as a family, it's been something we've been talking about for a long, long time, you know, and professionally, even it's been something I've been speaking about for for many, Mm -hmm. many years. But I mean, even if I think about my kids, I think the first time they understood, really understood that this was an issue that was going to affect them was Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember we were traveling when that happened. And I remember having to take time out of what was a great time to sit with them and try to explain in terms they could understand what had happened and why we were upset about it. So, 
you know, since then, we've talked about other incidents that have happened here in Canada. We've talked about things that have happened in the States. Um, but definitely with the murder of George Floyd, I feel like it it suddenly shone this light on anti-Black racism in a way that, strangely, it's actually restored some optimism and hope for me. Mm, okay. Um, because it, I guess it feels like all this time we've been talking and nobody's been hearing it. Yes. Yeah. And suddenly the way that, that things have been reacted to around George Floyd, um, I feel, I do truly feel that there are people who are hearing it um, mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so for us, I mean, you, you mentioned that we're an activist family, but we are and we're not like we've, in our small ways, I guess we've talked about it, but you know, we got invited to to attend and speak at a Black Lives Matter protest here, um, and it was the first protest I ever attended, mm-hmm. ever, um, and it was the first time that I ever felt like attending a protest would could potentially have an impact. That it in this moment, if I did something, um, it could be impactful. Mm-hmm. And so both myself and my youngest son, who's 15, um, spoke at this event and um, the crowd was great. And Cameron, that's my youngest, he um, spoke about from his lens as sort of a 15 year old black youth, what it was like to grow up. And listen, we we live in a fairly affluent, um, middle class um neighborhood we are not in any way sort of really suffering through anything or any of the stereotypes that you might associate with who's affected by racism um wouldn't necessarily apply to us and when he spoke and was able to you know really let people know how racism has affected his life mm-hmm. in many personal ways i think that really struck a chord and again was a lesson for all of us that um you know there's power in speaking up and there's a reason to do it. And, um, you know, he went on to record his, his video, a video of him speaking and giving the speech and it's had over 20,000 views. I have to link this up in the notes. Okay. Yeah, yes. I will I'll get that, that to from you. you. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, listen, I know in this culture that we, we tend to get excited about likes and, and what have you, but that for me, it's not that it's that, you know, he, people weren't listening before. Mm-hmm. and. To me, the fact that it had that kind of response um, meant that people were paying attention. And that was that was really important to me. And also the nature of the comments that he received. So we found out that the speech had been played in bank boardrooms and it was being played at various school boards across the country. He got notes from teachers who were telling him, um, you know, they were going to change the way they address things in their classrooms because he spoke of you know, a teacher telling him at school that uh, racism didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so those sorts of things, I think, have been um, really good for us in this moment in terms of helping us um, sort of get through it. But, you know, as we said off the top, you know, I thought the pandemic was exhausting. And, oh, um, yeah. you know, now, you know, the other side of the Black Lives Matter protest is that I find that's added another layer of exhaustion because mm-hmm. there are also a lot of demands from people in terms of I've become very popular. <laughs> you need to tell people when they ask you questions to say, use Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, but I, I am a fairly, you know, I'm the Canadian with the, you know, I'm sorry. You are very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, but it is, it can be exhausting. And as I said to someone the other day, you know, it sort of depends on the day and the hour, but, um, you know, there've been a lot of diversity initiatives that have started up in the last little while and yes. it can start to feel like you're the only diverse person they know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tiring in that way, but it's also, again, you know, I recognize that you can't always choose when moments for change happen. Sure. And if this results in um, my kids having a better, more equitable future, then I can be a little tired for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be a while. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm curious also about the potential flip side of, you know, that level of attention. And mm-hmm. I think for, you know, for a young person, like, all of a sudden realizing because there's an actual metric saying 20,000 or whatever, like, whoa, I mean, has there been worry or like negativity that you've had to, or fear any, anything like that, that you've been sort of wrestling with Mm -hmm. and trying to help him through? Yeah. For me, of course, as a parent, you're, you're concerned, you know, mama bear is sort of keeping an eye on um, comments and watching out for anything that's um, particularly egregious, but um, it really hasn't been too bad. He, he did a couple of news segments um, on TV. And, and when I found when they posted things, you tended to get sort of crazy people, y- y- the crazy people come yeah. out. But, you know, we've ta- taught these kids. I've been doing media stuff for a long time. And, you know, we've our mantra in the house is you don't read the comments. So yeah. <laughs> teach them young. That's, yeah. That's so he's not he's not caught up in it. But, yeah, of course, as a mom, I'm nervous. And as a mom who. My kids have been in newspapers and on TV since they were very little. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we've always sort of maintained a lot of privacy around exactly where we live, where they go to school. Um, you know, they never were allowed to wear school T-shirts on on trips or anything that was going to be photographed. Mm-hmm. They, they aren't allowed to give out certain information. Um, so we've always been really protective of that. And as they grow, we've had to sort of open that up a little bit Um because they're they're getting older and they just, you know, have different needs and and want to do different things. And so this has been sort of another level of that opening. Yeah. Um but so far I, it's just so important to me that he feels that his voice is relevant and can be heard especially on issues around racism. Yes. And especially as a young black male. Absolutely. And so yeah. And it. you said he's 15, right? So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, my, my older daughter is 15 and I, I would say that I think one of the most, I, for lack of better words, kind of inspiring things about right now is, mm-hmm. you know, I think teens, teens in general, like they just kind of feel a little hopeless about the world and a little, um, mm-hmm. cyn- you know, cynical. And I was talking to Laurel about that because she, she has definitely had moments, whether it's talking about environmental stuff or, mm-hmm. or like the current climate where she's kind of felt like, geez, well, what are we going to do now? And between all of the, the teen activism we've been seeing and then the whole like TikTok, you know, <laughs> situation yes. with the yes. rally. And I'm like, you guys, like you guys have incredible power to do stuff and you're doing it. It is so exciting. So I think that's a really like wonderful thing that, and you know, we don't have to tell teens they need to go like, do the huge big thing, but they can contribute like their voices matter. And just that knowledge, I think, is a really, really important thing for their development. Mm-hmm. I think it's important too. like one of the conversations Cameron and I have had recently is that, you know, he had something to say and he said it. That doesn't mean he has to be the poster child for it. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. That doesn't mean that he has any 
obligation um, to continue to say things if he doesn't feel that he wants to, or if he feels he has nothing to add, like, which is, you know, we tend to make, um, you know, stars of people really easily um, and just decide that they are now going to be the voice of, you know, the youth or what have you. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. The next time, you know, his next video was a Minecraft video. Like, I, yeah, I love that you had that conversation. That. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to speak just for the sake of no. speaking. So, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to just pivot for this sort of last topic I want to cover because, yeah. you know, we talked about, you know, National Geographic and um, <laughs> <laughs> you being the travel like content producer that you are. Yeah. And I, I like, I think this is relevant to raising kids amidst chaos because we still, you know, I talked about this on my last episode with Megan Francis, who I think, you know, but I said, Oh, I love, (laughs) love Megan Francis. She's crazy. I love her. Um, but you know, I said, we can't even like try to replicate or replace summer experiences. Everything is different. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I think my analogy was, you know, a drive-by birthday parade is never going to be the same as an in-person laser tag party with your favorite, your 20 favorite friends or whatever. So the reason, you know, but we still need to have positive experiences, you know, yep. cue earlier comment about our nervous systems. Yeah. So what I'm curious about from you and your lens of expertise is how do we find ways to sort of tap into the spirit of adventure and travel while also trying to avoid people and quite frankly, be respectful of the mm-hmm. rules that other states will have in place. That's like a really big thing in my book is we have to be respectful from wherever we are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm no, curious I about your thoughts there about safety and rethinking travel. Yeah. And it, it's taken a lot of rethinking on my part. I mean, I was supposed to be, we had big plans this summer. We were going to go out to British Columbia. I should have said spend, provinces. Yes. States and provinces. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. We, that's okay. <laughs> um, but we, we, we were supposed to go to BC. We were going to do two weeks of like driving around and, um, yeah, exploring forests and hiking and horseback riding and, some great experiences because this was going to be sort of my last hurrah with the 18 year old. Um, we had a big trip planned and, and even right when we stopped, like the weekend that we travel was halted here um, was right before March break. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to, my Cameron and I were going to go to Atlanta and then I was supposed to go to Charleston. And oh my goodness. There was a, yeah. there was a <laughs> conference I was supposed to be at in Switzerland. Like there've been a lot of things that we are uh, wiping off the calendar. Mm-hmm. Here, so I get it. I get that people plan for a summer vacation all year, um, you know, for that one big trip, and then to have things sort of shelved um, is hard. But I do. I agree with you that I. I don't think it has to be um, mean that you're, you know, cooped up in your house and sad about it. I do think we have to be careful, and I think there are ways to do that. The public health people have always been very clear about the fact that you should be wearing a mask and you should be washing your hands and you should be social distancing and keeping to your you know, prescribed bubbles. And I'm big on the fact that if you are going into another community, that community has to want you there mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that you've got to be follow the rules of that community when you get there. But I think what's sort of been exciting um, for me is that, and I'm sure a lot of people do this, is that I'm always thinking about travel as a faraway thing. So I'm always thinking like, oh, we're going to get on a plane and we're going to go somewhere or it's going to be a faraway road trip or whatever. And I always think about the things that are close to home that other people come to my neighborhood to see as things that I can just do whenever, right? Like, oh, one day I will 
explore, you know, Ontario and, and get to know it better, or I will explore, go north or, or what have you. And uh, one day is here. It's so true. it's now. Yeah. yeah. So in the same way that it was like, you know, one day I'm going to sort out the files in my office and then the pandemic hit and it was like, oh, one day is here. Yeah. <laughs> Not that was me, that was me in my spice cabinet. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There are all these things. And so it's been kind of cool with the kids. One, we have the time that we don't always have. Um, but also we've had to reinvent things. So like, I mean, even our daily walks, which I know do not compare necessarily to, you know, a trip to France or something. Um, but it's been it's been fun and different fun. But it's mm-hmm. been fun. And I think we are planning, you know, as things open up, as we feel safe, if our rules allow. Um, we'll, we will do shorter day trips or overnights to places nearby where we feel that we can be safe. Right. Yeah. We are sort of watching, you know, what hotels are doing in terms of who's, who's monitoring for, for COVID and making sure, you know, who's keeping their room free between visits and who's cleaning properly, all of those sorts of things. I know RV travel is huge. Yes. You know, I mean, the problem, of course, with RV travel is that it can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, on the flip side of that, camping is also big. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not a tent person, but you can sort of do the in between with some (laughs) of those uh, lodgy kind of rentals, you know, little um, authentic type things, yurts, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are options. And I think it's just it's going to be a summer that requires us to be more creative. Creative and communicative, communicative, because I will also tag on to your list that we just um, because I'm sort of a person who needs to leave the premises at least for a day or two if I'm going to actually say I'm on vacation, because otherwise Mm -hmm. I just end up working. And (laughs) so um, we ended up booking an Airbnb just for two nights, but I had a big back and forth. It's just a it's not far. It's just a couple hours. The nice thing about New England is it's small, so (laughs) you can be in a different state very quickly. Um, but we had a very detailed back and forth about, you know, our practices, what we've been doing, their practices. And, you know, I was like, just tell me if this works for you, like what we've been doing. I mean, we've been very strict. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think as long as you're, you know, really being communicative, you can mm-hmm. you can make some of that stuff work. People are starting to, like, open up and you just have to, you know, do your homework on it. Exactly. And it it is really you know, because essentially what you're doing in in the case of an Airbnb or a short-term rental or something like that is you're, you're moving homes. Yes. So I sort of think of it as whatever we are thinking about doing in terms of at home, in terms of cleaning or, or, you know, any of that, we're just making sure that we're, we're bringing what we need to be able to do that wherever we go. Exactly. And right at the moment, I will say we're planning on like not visiting anywhere. We'll have to see, you know, what the States is at where they're at by the time, you know, we travel, but you know, we would plan to bring everything in and out, uh, like camping, but without a tent. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, Heather, this has been so delightful. So I need to put you on the hook for one more thing at the, (laughs) at the end of each episode, Asha and I share what we call your next edit. It's something that just like a recommendation or a tip that listeners can consider doing straight away. And I would love to know what your next edit is in the context of our conversation today. Yeah. Okay. So my next edit uh, suggestion, at least for listeners, is to do something that I've been doing off and on throughout uh, this time that we've been off for the pandemic. And that is I've created uh, Mom's Day Off. Oh my gosh. Which I love is, it. <laughs> and it, it's going to take, especially if your kids are younger, you're going to, it's going to take some effort from either a partner or whoever's in your bubble or, 
you know, I'm lucky the kids are older. And so I can just sort of announce these things. And they're like, okay, she's, she's doing it again. Uh, (laughs) But it it was essentially because what I found was social media in particular, um, I find it tiring. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're scrolling and you think you're having a great day and you come across a video that is just going to ruin everything, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's that sort of thing. And so I found that if I literally was dedicating a day and I'm like you, like I work all the time if allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I could dedicate a day where social media was off, um, where I felt no um, need to necessarily respond to anything or anyone, because I'd announced to anyone who was listening that, you know, this was my mom's day off, you know, that the kids knew that they were going to figure it out or we had done dinner the day before and it was going to be leftovers or Mm -hmm. what have you. And I could literally go up to my room, close the door and do whatever I want. I could sleep. I could read. I could watch terrible TV shows. Um, But for me, that sort of took away some of the guilt. Mm -hmm. And I think whether it's books or movies or meditations, whether that's the time that you catch up with your girlfriends uninterrupted whether you're journaling, um, maybe you're, maybe you are involving the family, maybe you're playing board games, maybe it's the outside world um, you're tuning out. But I think it's so important to find moments of joy that refuel you and refuel your family through you and remind yourselves of, you know, joy and, and just what it feels like to be rested and happy before you have to take anything else on again. Oh. That is, yeah, that is the sauce. I mean, like people always say, you know, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. True. But it is, it is true. Like, and I feel as a card carrying member of team Tamp Down Your Feelings, I will just say that like <laughs> that serves nobody. It is, it, it is a recipe for disaster. So better to carve out the time and tell your family what you need and like go take your little escape, um, you know, exactly. than suffer along. It's just so bad. And it's just, I mean, I call it that, but it really is just giving yourself permission yep. to do that, you know, and if there's, if it's in your calendar and it's a day and the kids are expecting it, you know, sometimes I wonder down there, like, what are you doing? I thought today was mom's day off. You know, I'm like, that's right. Off <laughs> I go. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. Wow. That is the perfect <laughs> tip cl- to close this out. And Heather, I cannot thank you enough. This is just, I have a huge smile on my face. Um, I will just say, yeah, I will say plainly, you have been my self-care for the week. So thank you for that gift. This has been really (laughs) wonderful. I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Great. Okay, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we love chatting with you online. This week, we'd like to know what has been one of the most challenging things about raising kids amidst chaos. Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at Edit Your Life Show. Thanks for listening. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.